Shame on Girl. We are a podcast and a blog. It was started just over a year ago. It's the brainchild here of Regina. We talk about genders and gaming. And mostly what we like to talk about is um, how do you like to identify yourself in a game? And we talk about games as well because we want to know how's the gaming industry meeting your needs for identifying yourself in game? And why do you make the choices you make? Why, why do you pick the avatars you do? Why do you pick the hair color you do? Blah, blah, blah. So um, right now we're a podcast and a blog. How many people that are podcasters prefer audio or video? Audio. Video. Okay. It's good to know. Okay. We're thinking about going video, so I'm curious. Um, we also talk about what, what is a gamer. Think about that question. That, that is intensely difficult to answer. Um, you should have gotten a quiz. It's got a QR code down in the corner. You can take the quiz online. I encourage you to take it online if you can because once you finish, there is a link so that you can tweet or Facebook it or email it, but you can also download your gamer type avatar. So there are images on there that you can download. So if you want, um, we don't take any information. We don't save your email. We don't save anything. In fact, I don't have the ability to save on the server at all. So we won't get any information off of you. Um, but uh, you can download your avatar. And there was something else I was going to talk about the quiz. Oh, it's on a website. It's not an app. So even if you can't scan the QR code, just go to our website, gameongirl.com, and at the top menu bar, there is take the quiz. So, oh yeah, it's me. I'm Rhonda Oglesby. I am the co-host of the podcast, Game On Girl. And I am basically, from the very beginning, a programmer. I did the uh, default programming when I was out of college, defense programming. It was very dull, but uh, I know things that if I were to tell you, I'd kill you. Um, then I found out I thought it was really, really boring, but what I liked were, were, were visual communications. And so I got heavily into graphical user interfaces, and then I taught myself graphic design, and that moved into art, and so I kind of like mix them all up and do them all now. Um, I was part of the original research that Regina's going to tell you about. I was one of the research subjects. Um, I'm a console gamer, a PC gamer, uh, from the beginning a, a tabletop gamer. Uh, and when I talk about tabletop, I mean uh, board gaming. I know that differentiation is very important, but um, love Arkham Horror and Settlers and Pandemic and all that great stuff. And you can follow me on Twitter. But the brainchild behind Game on Girl and behind the gamer types is Dr. Regina McMenemy. And she's going to explain the gamer types and then we're gonna have a little fun, we're gonna watch some videos and we're gonna teach you guys how to identify your types. And you'll begin to notice as you're playing games with others, especially if you play cooperative, MMORPGs, uh, you'll begin to see these patterns. So I'm gonna turn it over to Regina. Thank you, Rhonda. Sure. So before I get started talking about who I am, I'd just like to have you guys give a little <laughs> acknowledgement for Rhonda. <laughs> she would never acknowledge herself, but she did all the graphics for us today, all of the presentations, all Rhonda's brainchild, and our logo, uh, who we, called, we lovingly called Gigi, uh, with her, her sword and her shield, our, Rhonda's artwork. And, I was very lucky that she offered to come help me out with the podcast. To not She's only get, easily impressed. Because <laughs> not only did I get a fantastic partner, but a great graphic artist as well. So I'm Regina McMenemy, and I have a PhD in American Studies from Washington State University. I finished my degree a couple years ago. Um, I did my research. Uh, I did an ethnographic study, so that means I studied the culture of gaming. And I did that by interviewing 30 women gamers. Um, and when I started out doing this research, I uh, thought a couple of different things were gonna happen. I thought that I was going to be doing local interviews. So I thought my interviews were gonna be people that I was gonna talk to in person. And generally when academic researchers go to do research like this, uh, they are really, searching for people to participate in their dissertation research. 
and you find one person, and then from that one person maybe you find two or three others, and then from those people you find two or three others from each of them. And it's called the snowball effect. Well, what I decided to do instead, because I was a little tech savvy and I was on Twitter and I was kind of into social networking, um, I decided that I was gonna ask Felicia Day to participate in my research. Because why not, right? <laughs> what could she say? Well, she said no. <laughs> and that was okay too. Well, um, she didn't say no. She didn't say no. Her, her publicist said no. I will, I will correct. <laughs> didn't her even get that far. <laughs> her publicist was like, yeah, she doesn't have the time, though. Uh, but we will tweet your website to all of our followers on the Guild's Twitter. I was like, great, that would be awesome. And so all of a sudden, my snowball turned into an avalanche. And I went from needing 30 people to having uh, almost 150 women who wanted to participate in my dissertation research. So from that, I was aware, I had known that like identity and gaming was important to a lot of people. I had no idea until that moment the kind of impact it would have, because what happened in those emails was I was getting pitches from the women sending me emails wanting to participate. I've played since I could hold a controller when I was three years old and I could play the Nintendo. I've played all of these games. I've played every Final Fantasy four times over. All of this ownership of gaming and I realized that this really was something that was very important to a lot of people. Uh, so from there, I went in, after I finished the interviews, I went into sort of hibernation, and I did the whole like writing the dissertation thing, and then I finished that and I graduated. And in 2011, I went from being Ms. Liz on Twitter to being Doc Liz. Uh, if you're interested in following me on Twitter, I'm Doc Liz on Twitter, and I'm Doc Liz on Steam, which is where I game primarily. Uh, gaming's always been a passion of mine. I've been a gamer since I w could play the Atari way back when. Um, and oh, what? I just lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? I don't know. I don't either. All you're, right. You were rabbiting. I was rabbiting. I do that. Um, okay. you, were, you, so you went from uh, the chronological to talking about yourself. Okay. <laughs> a little uh. Gaming background. Yeah, gaming background in there. Which okay. you should give. You, I mean, you should give. She should qualify herself, shouldn't she? I am a gamer. I played when this was cool. <laughs> that was That'll like a big deal. The, the fire flower. So um, after I finished, I decided I needed to take some time to kind of regroup. There's a very sort of set road you take when you're an academic. You finish a PhD, you get a tenure track teaching job. I didn't really want to do that, and I didn't really want to publish academically, because a very small group of people would read an academic publication. So I decided instead to launch the podcast, and that's what brought us here. So in February of last year, I did my very first episode, which was just me talking. Uh, it was a very natural progression because I had the interviews recorded already, so I already had all of this material and all of these interviews, so the podcast just kind of grew out of that. I put a post on my website, and asked for co-host, and I actually had Rhonda in mind. At the time, I put the call up on just in broad strokes, and she volunteered to participate and become my co-host. So from there, we started the podcast. We've ex expanded the blog. Now we have a few writers for the blog as well. And now we're taking the show on the road. And you guys are the first people that we are sort of publicly presenting the gamer types to. Kudos to you all. Thankful for you guys being here today. Um, so let me make sure everybody got a copy of the quiz, right? Everybody got the quiz, so you can get it online. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the types now. So take the quiz, go to the website. If you can't access the website now, because we know it's not really easy when you've got a bunch of gamers in a room together to get online, uh, try that at home. So let's talk about our gamer types. So I'm going to start with self gamers. Now, self-gamers were the largest group of gamers that showed up in the study that I did. Self-gamers look at gaming as an extension of their offline life. They're going in-game to be who they are, to be who they are in their real life. If they're in a guild in an MMO or in some sort of group that they game with, they're likely talking about their offline experiences. I had a really bad day at work today. Um, my significant other did this, and I'm so frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Those kinds of identity things would be seen in a self-gamer. Now, when I took the 30 transcripts I had and I locked myself in a hotel room over a long weekend to try to figure out what I was going to say in the dissertation, I looked through all those transcripts 
And what I saw for stealth gamers is they talked very specifically about their avatars. They said, my loot, my avatar, and my quest, where they were not the character, but they were the person gaming. So self-gamers are playing themselves in the game. One great example of this from one of the participants, her name was Callie, and in, when I asked her how she designed her avatar, that was one of the questions. What are the choices you make? When you design your avatar, what are you looking at, and what choices do you make? Well, she said at least three times that the avatars had to have red hair. You want to guess what color hair she had? Red. Red, yes. <laughs> she had red hair. And in that same description, she must have said pretty a dozen times. My avatar has to be pretty. I look for a pretty face. I want a pretty expression because sometimes they're scowling, but I really want her to have a pretty smile. It was very much this sort of self-reinforcement that she was going through as she was creating this avatar. I want her to be pretty. And that was the idealized self she wanted to have inside the game. So that's self-gamers. So next, we have role players. Now I probably shouldn't have been surprised since my, my research focused on uh, digital role-playing games. So I probably shouldn't have been surprised that there were role players. <laughs> but I was. Because I didn't know sort of this tradition of back history and backstory that role players create for their, for their characters, and that this was going on in large MMOs like World of Warcraft, which is where I was playing at the time, or DDO, or all these other places that people really go in and create stories. So the role player does not see the avatar as themselves at all. They don't have that connection. They see their avatar as a character that they have created, and the choices that they make as they create the avatar reflect that backstory that they have for the character. Um, one example of the language that they use would be they're always speaking in third person. So she fights, she loots, she lives, her family's like this, she did this, she did that. So it's always third person. They always refer to them as someone outside themselves. One of the first role players that I talked to had a very, very extensive back history for one of her characters. She was playing a necromancer. And the details were such that my necromancer had to have pale skin because she had to be from a cold climate because no one would want to be a necromancer in a warm climate because who wants to deal with dead bodies when it's hot? <laughs> right? Because they would be smelly and bad and all kinds of things you don't want to be dealing with. So it had to be this sort of northern story that came with it. Um, and she had this whole thing about she had blue hair that was a spiky style because her, she came from a family of necromancers and her family forced her into being a necromancer. She didn't really want to be a necromancer, so that was her rebellion, was having blue hair. So I was like, I was sitting in, I remember listening, and I was just blown away by, I'm like, wow, I mean, this is like, and it's in my dissertation, so it was a whole page, just her story about this one character. And that was only one of many characters she had. So next, we have mastery players. Mastery players are probably what you might define, might, because I have a problem with this term just in general, you might define them as hardcore gamers. They're interested in the achievements and the trophies and finishing the game. But not just finishing the game, being the best at finishing the game. So they're very personally involved in it, but not in terms of they see themselves as their characters, and they don't see another character, they don't create backstories for their characters. They just see the game as something that they are mastering, something that they are coming to own and take care of and do the best that they possibly can at. So some of the examples in the language that master users use is I scored, I found, I beat. Um, just today we were in a panel and somebody got up and said that they had already played through Laura Croft three times on every difficulty level. And the first thing Rhonda did was lean over to me and say, mastery player. <laughs> <laughs> so we see these examples very often. So what we have for you guys now, and how you guys are going to start participating, because this is the end of our spiel. All of the just us talking to you is done now. Now you guys are going to have to be participants. We have three video clips for you. And I want you guys to watch the video clips, and then I'm going to ask you what gamer types are represented in these clips. Hey, all right, that's everybody.
Where's player number five? There is no fifth player. You said you were going to get us another player, Lodge. I asked 15 people, all regulars. Apparently, we have a reputation. Mm. What did I tell you? You make one 11-year-old cry, and they stop bugging you. We still need another player. I've taken care of it. Now, this is a mid-level campaign, so we'll be starting at ninth level. Here's Joe's character. What are you doing? I made a character for you. I want to play my own character. I know. That's why I made you one. You think I can't make my own character? Look, it's nothing personal. You're going to be your fighter. There's certain requirements you have to meet. Like what? Well, a fighter has to be the strongest guy in the party. Has to have a higher armor class and hit points out the ass. And that is what I made for you. Let me see that. Bikini mail? <laughs> what the hell is bikini mail? Only the very best armor a female could wear. There's a picture of it right here. <laughs> she fights with a broad sword? Broad sword. I get it. Yeah. Kevin? Wait, your name is Kevin? You have a first name? Guys, if Joanna made a character, she gets to play it. I agree with you in principle. <clears throat> Kevin. But she is new, and I don't want her to die just because she's inexperienced. What makes you think I'm gonna die? History. New guy always dies. That is so true. Hey, you remember the time that those halfling pirates made him want Shut to up, play? Man. Or the time that those gnome shopkeepers ambushed Shut him? Shut up! <laughs> or that asthmatic six-year-old princess with- Shut up! I flipped through that handbook. I think I got the gist of it. It doesn't seem that hard. Okay. Let's see your character, though. Um, what's, uh, what's her strength bonus? She doesn't have one. Her highest stat is her intelligence. I put her other bonuses in dexterity and charisma. Charisma? Whee! <laughs> no strength bonus. No constitution bonus. How many hit points does she have? Uh, let me see. 45. Oh. Ah, 45 hit points. Mm -hmm. A ninth level fighter with 45 hit points. Oh yeah, she's... Really gonna protect the party. I put her other feet in speed and precision. That's why intelligence is more important than strength. It would be if you were a wizard, but you're not. You're a fighter. A fighter with a giant kill me sign on her back. With her charisma, she should be able to talk her way out of most fights. What? Negotiating isn't your style? Not exactly, no. Our philosophy is Beat it until it stops over. And then shoot it. And then step on its nags. Oh, no, if you play this character, you are going to die. I spent two hours on this character, and I'm going to play her, okay? Okay. Okay. And when you die, you can play Bikini Bay. <laughs> In case you don't know, this is a scene from uh, The Gamers, Dorkness Rising. <laughs> which is uh, produced by Je Dead Gentleman Productions, and you can watch the entire movie on Netflix, and it's also available online. All right, so what kinds of gamers did you guys see here? Mastery? Mastery? Who is Mastery? The guy? Which guy? That guy? That guy's Mastery. He's Roll? Okay, wait, how many people say he's Mastery? Whoa. How many people say roll? Okay. All right. I think we got mastery kind of winning. Why do you guys say mastery? Because he's tailoring a character to win the game. Because he's tailoring a character to win the game. Good. Any other examples? He doesn't care about the story. He doesn't care about the story. He's really worried about the fighting and the winning, yes? All right. Good. Wait. Who's, who said roll? Yeah. Who said roll? Tell me why. The role, the yeah. Who's supposed who to else have said role? Game. Good. Why? So the standards of the yeah. game. So he was mm -hmm. reinforcing the way the game is supposed to be played, right? The rules. You might potentially call mastery players rules lawyers. You might say that about them, but I don't want to try to put anybody in any boxes, but. She doesn't. I, I do. Yeah, that's what Rhonda's for. 
Any other uh, types that we see? Self. Oh wait, who did this? Oh, it's self. Who self? The girl. Really? Why? The way she was describing it. Okay, so how you thought she would behave in this situation? Okay. How she wants to be seen. Okay, good. Sounds more like a role. What would not who you are, what you want to be. Okay, good. Any other analysis? How many people? Yeah, what'd you say back there? Right, right. So you said role or self? Role play. Yeah. That the talking her way through it was the role that she wanted to play? Yeah, good. All right, well, the defining characteristic of role players is that they say she, she. and her. Does she ever refer to her avatar as I'm going to? But the, the other thing, though, that we, we've definitely learned, and I mean, everybody in here is probably taking personality tests at work or school or whatever. You, you, everybody tends to be a mix. So you'll see, yeah, you'll see, you, you'll see overlap. both, like, I'm, you know, I'm self and I've got a little mastery and a little role, mostly self, but I definitely show up like, <laughs> I mean, playing Zombies Run. Does anybody get Zombies Run on their iPod or they run with it? I started that just the other day, and I didn't know that it had an accelerometer in it, so it kept pace, and it made me mad, so I'm gonna go replay it, because I am not finishing that mission until I know I've done it right. So there's, my mastery is coming out. Yeah, and I think you're becoming more of a mastery player as we uh, do the podcast, too. <laughs> All right, and we got another scene for you guys. Excuse me, gentlemen, ma'am, you may not have noticed, but the line forms behind us. Actually, this line, it forms behind us. Good one, Fox. Turn it around and drive it home. <laughs> to clarify, your group should be behind the others who arrived previously. Why? I don't understand the question. Your mom doesn't understand the question. <laughs> Bombed idiot. You're asking me why, having just arrived, you need to be at the back of the line? Let me offer you an historical perspective. At the beginning of the Common Era, People attending events simply gathered in mass, clustered and clumped together in an unorganized manner. After several thousand years of this, they slowly gravitated to the back of individual fellows and began to stand behind one another in a horizontal fashion, forming what they now commonly refer to as the line. Going against that flies in the face of thousands of years of evolution and encourages utter chaos. And what's wrong with a little chaos? A little rebellion now and then is a good thing, Thomas Jefferson. A lot of order is a better thing. Bork, leader of the Knights of Good. Kids, don't hang on the clothes rack. Where's your mommy? Buzzkill? Why aren't we first? I paid Stinky Crack Addict over there a lot of money to hold my place. Meth Addict! Crabby's for losers. Hey, I put out the new Ranger pets for you. Or not. You tools need to step to the back of the line. Our guild was here first. Yo, Tink. Looking bitter. Go die in a fire. You guys can't just cut. Can't. But we did. And the world keeps spinning. Yeah. Now parlay, Peanut. The number one guild is number one in line. Deal with it! Um, who says you're number one? And be honest, are you naked under there? Server stats. Axis of anarchy rules. And yes, I am. Deal with it! Wait, Axis of Anarchy? You guys were the first on the server to down the Demon Lords of the Far Reaches. Yeah, and we'll be the first to get the expansion, the first to get the best loot, and the first to down the bosses. Uh -huh. I was hoping to avoid this, but I'm afraid I have to ask the authorities to intervene. I'm going to fetch the GameStop manager. <laughs> and I assume that most of you are familiar with guilds. Uh, season 3, Episode 2, Anarchy, available on Beacon Sundry channel on YouTube. Gamer types? Let's start with the axis of anarchy. What kind of gamer types do we think they are? Mastery, yes. What evidence do we have for them being mastery? Let's say we're first in everything. Yes, exactly. Yes. 
They're, they're pretty uh, one-dimensional. Do we see any, it, it's hard with this clip because it focuses naturally on um, the axis of anarchy, but do you see any other gamer types represented in uh, our other characters? Roll, self, Roll, self. who for self? Self, gamer Yeah, who? Uh, yeah. The guy? No, which Codex. Oh, Codex, yes. Codex is definitely a self gamer, absolutely. Again, who prefers to refer to herself by her avatar's name? Yes, good. What do we think for Bork as he is standing there explaining to them what the meaning of the line is? <laughs> Role player? Yes, why? Because he explains the entire history of a line. Because he explains the entire history of a line. Very good. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. I like that. And he also very strongly identifies with his uh, avatar's name. He, he actually quotes himself in third person, as said by Bork in this, in this clip. So, excellent. Very good. And our last clip. Just a few more feet, and here we are, gentlemen. The gates of Elzebub. Good lord. Don't panic. This is what the last 97 hours have been about. Stay frosty. There's a horde of armed goblins on the other side of that gate guarding the Sword of Azeroth. Warriors, unsheath your weapons. Magic wielders, raise your wands. Lock and load. Raj, blow the gates. Blowing the gates. Control, shift. Tonight, I spice my mead with goblin blood! Oh, no, it's a trap! They're flanking us! Oh, he's got me! Sheldon, he's got Raj! Use your sleep spell! Sheldon! Sheldon! I've got the sword of Azeroth! Get the sword, Sheldon! Help Raj! There is no more Sheldon! I am the sword master! Let her look out! Damn it, no, we're dying here! Goodbye, peasants! Master teleported! He's selling the sword of Azeroth on eBay. <laughs> you betrayed us for money? Who are you? I'm a rogue night elf. Don't you people read character descriptions? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Somebody just click buy it now. I am the sword! <laughs> The gentleman from the Big Bang Theory, season one, episode three, the fuzzy boot corollary. Gamer types? Self, self, roll. I hear all of them here. Self, who's for self? Uh, it's Raj or self. I will spike my meat with gobble, goblin blood. I love that line. Yes, 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 good. Who else? Mastery. Mastery. said mastery. Sheldon. Sheldon. Sheldon got a little mastery going on. Yeah, definitely. Roll. Roll for Sheldon. Tell me why. Exactly. Don't you read character descriptions? Excellent. Excellent. I am now the sword. He did. Yes. There's a little blur. Like we said, you can be a mix of all of them. So he's got a little bit of a blur going on there for sure. Good. He's definitely a, a rule. He is definitely fixated on rules, just in general, his whole life. So you can see how he might be in game. What about Howard at the end? You think he's mastery? He bought a sword. How can that be mastery? What was that? Self. Yeah, I think I, I am the sword master. I think both both when they say that they're they're self gamers declaring I am the sword master. They're not saying my night elf rogue is now the sword master. Or he is now the sword master. Look at what he's done in the game. Yeah, he's but I can see mastery too. That was actually a good observation because yeah. he went the full length to get the best weapon. He wasn't, I mean, it's like when it hands down, it's like, yeah, I'll buy it. So he used yeah. to the people around him? Insider trading. Yeah, yeah. 
He has the That's bragging right. rights, and he has he the does. ability to sell it on eBay. Did you have? Yeah, when I, I, I did a sample freeze, and she said, I think you guys couldn't hear her, she said that, that it is a form of mastery to buy the best gear, which, and in some games, you have to buy the best gear, like when you get to top rating levels, right? Well, I did, a, I did this presentation for my students this week in class, and one of my students said he thought they were all lazy mastery players. <laughs> because he bought it off eBay. When Howard buys it off eBay, he thought he was a lazy mastery player. Good. Yes? Maybe he did, yeah. But of course, they're leaving everybody else to die, right? I mean, because the whole party's going to wipe at this point, right? So it's not particularly nice or, or good sportsmanship to, to participate this way. Well, that is what we had for you. The rest of the time, we like to take questions and answers from you guys. So if you have some questions or comments about the presentations or more, want more information about the gamer types. Do we have a microphone? No. For them? Oh, we do. We have a microphone Aww. here for you guys to take. Yay, Sean and Brandon. Morgan. Anybody have questions? Oh, come on. She's a teacher. It's time. <laughs> What are the scores? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. We okay. Talk a little bit about that. I forgot. Okay, if you took the if you took a quiz on the sheet and you've got it tallied at the bottom, okay. Column A is self. Column B is role, and column C is mastery. And you can still go online and take the quiz with the QRC code, and you'll get one of the little avatars we see here. So, questions? Yeah. Grab the mic so I can hear you and everybody can hear you. The gray and black shirt there. So when it comes to creating a character in uh, most of my games, I'm very indecisive about it and I have a hard time coming to a conclusion on how I want to make it. So what might that mean? That's uh, a good question. That is a great question. Wait, give him back the mic. I want to ask him a follow-up question. Tell me about your process. Um, first, I start by like thinking you know, how I want to continue through with the game, the storyline, and I think, you know, how might this character, how I create them relate to the storyline. And then after that, I think, well, what do I want? Because if I might not like how it relates to the storyline, so I might want to, you know, tamper with it. But then when I get through the game, I always get depressed on how I chose it, and I always, I'm just so indecisive about it. And then you're dissatisfied once you have it? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that that's, you're saying my a lot? And I am yeah. satisfied with it, so I'm thinking it's self -gaming. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. Just yeah. Thanks. My first instinct, yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, so I know I'm a very strong self-gamer. Um, my question relates, have you done any work or looked into if um, how to get the three different types of gamers to play nicely together? <laughs> because... Uh, because a as a self-gamer, playing nice is very important to me, and I don't like it when somebody comes and stomps on me. Yeah. And yeah. it's... That, that's one of the things we've seen, actually, and I'm sure you feel this as a self-gamer. And you saw in the clip with um, the Axis of Anarchy and the Knights of Good, there's a lot of conflict that comes between self-gamers and mastery gamers. There's a lot of conflict because the motivations to play are completely different. I mean, you're coming at it from completely different reasons. So not to like toot my own horn too much, but if you tell them to read about the gamer types and go take our quiz, because there are actual descriptions on the site of the gamer types that you can read profiles, they, and you say, listen, I'm a self-player, and this is where I'm coming from. I think they might, you know, mastery players might get a little bit more comfortable with it. I'm surrounded by mastery players as a gamer myself. And I'm leaning more toward mastery now, but that's more because everybody's like, do that. I started out as a self-gamer, because the reason I got started in the research, I realized my World of Warcraft character, my first tune looked just like me. I mean, just like me. And I was like, oh geez, what was that? And it totally un, you know, planned. I cut my hair and changed my hair color. I made a new tune. 
What? Because it was before you could get your hair done. That was back in Manila Wow before you could get your hair done, so I couldn't like go change her hair. So I had to make a new character for it. So that was part of what sort of drove me to it. So but. real quick, how many people scored self? And how many sco scored role? Oh, mastery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see you see the empty seats? They were mastery. Everybody who left already? They were. They're ready to go. They're done with the presentation. They booted out the door. They they got what they needed. They're ready. They're going to slay again, man. Of course, there are bracelets if you stay. We have wristbands if you stay. So, please stick around. Yes. Um, I saw you did most of your research on women in gaming. Were you able to draw any conclusions about the type of the type of gamer types of you know maybe women versus men, and maybe the type of games chosen? relative to the, the gamer roles? Oh wow, you know, that isn't actually something that I've thought about. Like how like how gamers change? Well, maybe like, uh, did do you find that maybe more women yeah. would consider themselves one type of gamer mm. than men? And then did maybe because of that choice, or not choice, but role they filled, did that maybe make certain types of games more attractive? Absolutely. I, I think, as I said, the largest group were self-gamers. And I think self-gamers tend to be attracted to MMORPGs because they can create that idealized self. There's so many choices in your character creator. There's so many different things you can do um, in-game with the different classes you have. And there's the social component. So it really satisfies that self-gamer desire to play, to be able to play an MMO. But Rhonda is an, an, an anomaly in that case because Rhonda's a self-gamer and she will not play with other people. She's mm -hmm. an antisocial gamer. Yeah. Yeah, I won't play with others. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done enough. I have Yeah, we haven't yeah. researched enough people yet, yeah. but what the We if you if you check out the podcast what we do in as many episodes as possible, we interview gamers and we go through the exact same questions and it's absolutely fascinating how different gamers perceive everything and we've interviewed men and women and we found both in all categories yeah, so we're still gathering data i think that's i think the whole gender thing is still a very interesting question yeah i know where the microphone Hello. is oh, there we go. okay um when you made this i guess system was it made based on rpgs or in general games or because i i see myself when i play shooters i'm mastery right because you know you want to get the most kills you want to get you want to win but then when i play rpgs or or even like mass effect you play mass effect you want the story and you want to self impose yourself in the game right right so i'm not mastery in that game and then also when you look at mastery it's kind of split into two parts there's achievement people people that only want every achievement there is right and then there's people that only want the ranking the leaderboard like oh, top right. top one mm -hmm. top ten so i think it's hard because a lot of those questions on the quiz were a little i could answer you know two answers for the same question and still be okay so i yeah. think I think a lot of people are blended in it. also depends Absolutely. on like the environment, like what game you're playing. Yeah, you that know? was actually uh, one of the writers for our site, Mark, um, after he looked at the quiz, he's like, I want to pick like two choices because he did the one online where you can only pick one. And you know, this is the first time we've had anybody look at the quiz, so <laughs> we're still working it. The king's out. You are data. You, yeah, you <laughs> I said you were the first. I meant it when I said you guys were the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think there's very much a tendency to be a different type of gamer in a different type of game because you look at the skill sets differently. Um, I'm very much abashedly a, a mastery player when it comes to Bejeweled Blitz. If I am not on the top of my leaderboard, I'm having a bad week. Like, seriously, like, bugs me. And I can tell you, like, off the top of my head, the three people who I compete with every week. Go away! <laughs> I really yeah. don't want them to because I like the social aspect of it. But yeah. And I actually did a, a, discovered a whole lot of role playing when I played Mass Effect. Because when I, I played a two, and I made her a very military type person. She had a buzz cut and everything. And then when I played three, she was sort of like, you know, frack you people. I'm, you know, I've, I've, got, I've gone into retirement, and now you call me back. And so she's a little not so by the book. 
and I suddenly realized I was making this story for her. So, question? Um, so I have a question actually about what you guys would think my gamer type is. I took your test and I ended up being 45% um, uh, self and 50% role. But when I generally choose, and I'm talking like Bioware games, Bethesda games, MMOs, um, I make a character that's almost my ideal self, but I don't do things like, I purposely give them like a heavier brow or a thicker jaw or a bigger nose. Like I don't make flawless characters, yet I choose like, we're on, we've been on the subject of Mass Effect. Like, I choose options, regardless of saying, oh, I'm playing Paragon or I'm playing Renegade, I choose options that I would pick. But I don't necessarily see myself as my shepherd. I see her more as a role I would enjoy becoming the character of in right. acting. And so I have a hard time actually trying to figure out whether or not, like, I put a lot of myself into the games, but I still have it's the more I separate them towards being a role. Mm -hmm. so, How much time do you spend outside the game thinking about the story or fixing your skills or... A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, pre you're pretty evenly split. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Because if you're thinking about the story and how... I mean, it's clearly an idealized version because you said, you know, it would be how I would like to be. So you, your, yourself is, is in there for sure. But I you definitely can see a lot of sort of the role player in there. If a, if a new game's coming out that you're really, really, really looking forward to, how many of you spend a bunch of time preparing your character or reading about the game or try, getting ready? I mean, you spend tons of time before the game even comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little role. That's a little role. And a little mastery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question? Um, I was curious, I don't know if you're going to do a future study on if there is a detriment to being too much of one type of gamer or the other, because um, I feel that maybe if you're too much of a self-gamer and like your character can't socialize, you can't make any friends, right. and you keep dying, you'll feel like your self-esteem might go down? No. <laughs> no. It's just like with the personality types, I, and I don't know... I should let the doctor talk to this, but I, re I remember studying the personality types growing up, and it, it, this was a, a real important thing to me in that most people think that, like, my husband is the melancholy kind of personality, and I'm the cold-hearted bitch personality, and we both thought the personality type we had was wrong, and that's not the way to think about it. Those are just descriptions that's that's all they are there's positives and negatives of both because you can be an absolutely awesome mastery player you can also be a real douche so that has nothing to do with the type of player you are and now I'll let the doctor really speak to <laughs> since she's the one that did the research um, I'm not sure at this point where the what the future holds is completely open and, and I'm gonna see but it's questions like these that I love because they're not necessarily things that I would have thought about on my own so, so I'd love to look at that but what I would say would kind of back up what Rhonda said in terms of that gamer types just like any personality descriptor are a tool and if you do realize that you're coming up high on your self-gamer and maybe you're not playing as effectively as you could if maybe you incorporated a little bit more mastery then my work here is done. You know, that's really what this should be for. And to help, as we had the, the question about the conflict that might come up between the gamer types, that's really part of what it should be about, too. Helping you understand why other people are playing, why they're approaching it so much differently than you are, and how that, you know, how you guys maybe can come to a point where you can kind of like get along or understand each other. So, you know, I know that since I did the research, I never, before I did the research, would have come up with a backstory for a character. It just wasn't something that I had ever thought about. But when I first went to play DDO and they have that little box where you can write like your character description in, oh my goodness, I just went to town. <laughs> I made a whole story for this character that I was playing. And it was liberating for me because I had never really thought, oh, I can also incorporate some of these kind of creative ideas I have. So I hope that addressed what you're asking. Good. Thank you. Can you get the guy in the armor, please? Because <laughs> he's wearing armor, and that's awesome. There's some people up front here I want to make sure yeah. you grab, too. Uh, my question is, is uh, are these uh, 
tests based on intention or action. Uh, case in point, when I make a character, usually what I'll do is I'll take like, I'll, I'll make a role for me to play and it'll be like myself, but like maybe something tweaked just to see how it be. So I guess the action is I'm playing a role, but my intention is I kind of want to express myself through a vehicle sure. I typically can't. Yeah. Did you hear so, what he said? So I'm sorry. I, 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 I missed the beginning of what your question was. So, in terms of how you play, or is it like based on like the intentions, like oh, or like when based you go on into the play, like what you're thinking about? Oh, you know, the questions are really general, and that was one of the things that when I started the research, I left it very open ended. So I literally asked everybody when I interviewed them, "How do you go about creating your avatar?" and just let it roll from there, and then saw what I kind of came up with. So I didn't have any ideas of like, okay, what's your intention and how do you play when I started the research. I can see it more now because I've done it and I'm sort of testing it out and talking to more people about it. Um, but I didn't go in with, oh, I'm going to find out why people do this. I was just like, let's see what people say about their avatars. Go ahead and bring the mic up this way. Thank you. Yeah, I got questions in the front here. Very patient people. Yeah. Have you looked into whether the uh, Gamer types have any connection to other personality test types? I have not. And I actually am qualified for the Myers-Briggs. It's one, one of the reasons why I think I kind of lean toward this. But I, I haven't looked at that. I would be interested in doing that, though. I do know that a lot of the mastery players I play with are expert at thinking types, though. So. <laughs> one of the things I've noticed by looking at this is game one of one way I'm, I'm very much a self-player, but I have said I would play a game if all it had was an extremely in-depth character creation. And Please. what it is, though, is even if a game doesn't, you can't create a game, a character, if it's like a JRPG where there's a whole bunch of different types, I know I tend to gravitate more to ones I like or feel are closer to me than those that are outside of what how I would play. So do you play the same type of class? Yeah, I, okay. I generally gravitate toward the same type of class, des character design, and gender and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I believe, just from seeing it, that might be something else to look into, is if a game doesn't have a, cre a character creator, there's other ways to see what type you are through that, right. too. Well, that's uh, one of the questions that we sort of adapted as we went into doing the podcast because a requirement to be in the research was you had to play a game with a character creator because that was a key component of what I was looking at. Um, but we ask people now, like um, Ron and I both have been playing Borderlands, and so we've both been uh, looking at the ways you express your identity in a game that doesn't give you that character creator. And we'll, we both talk about the days when you know we want to go in, and you know you've had a bad day. Rhonda will change her colors depending on what mood she's in that day. <laughs> She'll change the colors on her, you know. And sometimes people will get very attached to those characters. We had um, one mastery player who was on uh, Chris, uh, who talked about um, being more attached to her necromancer in Borderlands than she ever was to any of her WoW characters, even though she had so much more control over that, because she could just see that as, you know, how she could master the game. So, does that help a little bit? How many people will play uh, a gender for an avatar of the opposite of what you actually are? <coughs> you do that on purpose? Is it mostly guys? How many women were in that group? And so, and so how, what, why um, the guys? I, I'm more curious. Why do the guys play uh, female characters? Female. Yeah. You'd rather look at a lady. Yeah. Yep. We heard that one before. There's a lot of uh, different social implications, uh, especially in saying like Mass Effect series on how people treat you. Yes. To get treated. In the first Mass Effect, um, you, as you start as a female, you go into a bar, and one of the, one of the uh, Alliance generals, or one of the Alliance commanders, actually comes up and uh, actually kind of starts flirting with you and will be more inclined to, to help, help you out as opposed yeah. to if you were a male avatar. Uh, yeah. What about, you, you play female? Uh, yeah, because I uh, like too many games have like grizzled dudes as the main character, mm -hmm. so it gets kind of boring. 
Or in WoW, the, the hands were so big on the male avatars. So I'm the only one who noticed that. I'm like, this is completely imbalanced. Yeah. Um, you, why do you play female? Yeah. Something, mm -hmm. something new. Yep. Cool. So, as a role player, you felt you would be too much like yourself. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we had you, and we'll grab you in the back. Uh, unless it was a game where the, the main character was female. Like Tomb Raider. Right, and, right. I, and, and I just happened to, I, I noticed myself playing Portal and being sort of jarred out of the experience whenever I catch a, a, a glimpse of Shell uh, right. because she's not a male character. So, I, so I've started doing that in more and more games to, to see what that experience is like. Mm -hmm. And Ma Mass Effect is a really interesting example because I, I actually wrote a, a, I, I, uh, uh, wrote a series of posts about this on Google+. Um, the, the characters in the game, aside from that, those specific situations, they, they're scripted to treat you like neutral, which you read right. as like treating you like white male. Right. Uh, which is a really interesting thing when you make like a, perhaps a non-white, non-male character, and you, you catch yourself being startled by the, by, by the fact that nobody's responding to that. Um, uh, what about the girls? Just real quickly, tell me, why do you play a male character? Um, I believe that Mass Effect's the only game where I felt comfortable playing female characters, just because in Mass Effect, you just mentioned that it's equal. It's equal. It's all equal. But well, most games, I will play male characters because you're treated like a human being for the most part. Why do you play male? Uh, part of it was the same role playing over there, depending on what the story is, but in, um, in stuff like WoW, for example, sometimes it's just a matter of the social aspect. Other players will treat you differently if they think you're a girl well, as opposed another to girl. a guy. The same reason, girls? Yeah. You? Like a girl? Okay, the guys that played females, do you notice you're treated differently? What about in MMOs when you're socially interacting? Do you get hit on? Because, you know, I've played some WoW and I've been hit on a lot as a girl avatar in WoW. And here's 70 CAD, here's 70 gold. You look poor, go buy yourself better gear. Yeah. These things happen. <laughs> the first time I created a female character in MMO was in Ultima Online. Uh, I went to a bank, I said hi, and someone directly gave me 10,000 credits. <laughs> The end. <laughs> okay, we, we're going to have to wrap up. We want, it's, it's already, we're already out of time, but Regina and I will be outside. If you guys got any more questions or you want to talk, we want to clear the room out so somebody else can come in. But don't forget to thank visit us online. Yeah, at GameOneGirl.com. And thank you for being our guinea pig. Yay.